Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Scoops, Mr. T. Uh, flying solo tonight, so I actually thought I was going to most of the week. And then uh, I realized I could host Mr. Lewis, but he actually is under the weather. Uh, so he sends his regards. I have his picks as well, of course. Hopefully, feel better, Mr. Lewis. Doing a great job so far. Mixed reviews on last week's episode. Certainly a different kind of episode. Uh, you know, some of our key stakeholders hold different opinions, which is good. Which is good. You know, no uh, no big sponsors pulled out. That's always a good thing. Uh, but a great week. A lot going on here. Next weekend's my sister's wedding, so we'll get into that a little bit tonight. And obviously, next weekend is or next week we'll have an episode as well. Of course, shout out to Phil, though, a great man. You know, we've been bros for many years here, but get to make it official in in ten days from this recording. So. Love that. Obviously, a disappointing day for a fall wedding. Let me just say this. Why to do it during a bye week? But fortunate. Fortunate because Big Ten schedule sometimes changes. I know in 2021, the bye, or excuse me, 2022, the bye week got changed when they redid the schedule after COVID or because of the COVID year. So uh, fortunate that the wedding is still during a bye week. But in any event, like I say, you know, it, Everyone say, oh, Mr. T, you know, it's during a bye week. What do you care? True, but there's other great games. USC, Colorado. Um, uh, just, I, I, sorry, I'm drawing a blank on the primetime game. It's oh, Notre Dame, Duke. Interesting game, but there's always a great cultural game. You just don't know. And as I say, as I told Dr. Scholl for many, many, many moons, if you have a win in the fall, then you then, you then have to have your anniversary every fall. And that takes up another weekend of cultural ball. So, you know, I just say don't do it. Just say no. Just say no, as the great Nancy Reagan said. Uh, but anyway, another big event. Last week being in, t- in my 20s for your humble correspondent. Uh, don't really know how I feel about it. Feels weird. You know, I'm grateful to be a homeowner now. That's one big step to do before you're 30. Uh, you know, I just hope I still got game. Hope I still got game with, with, with the recruits. You know, I, I, I'm when you get in your past your 20s, man, you... you, you you know, you don't want anybody in their mid to low 20s to think you're old, you know, so that's tough. But, you know, it's all right. We're going to keep prodding along. Thanks be to God, another year, hopefully, or more, but many more, co-hosting scoops. But big events here. Shout out to my boys coming into town this weekend, Wally and Ferd. That'll be a great weekend. Uh, Dr. Shaw as well. He's here for a work trip, so we'll have a lot of good conversation, I'm sure. Um, it'll be great, though. Perfect timing. Again, I think I said this in episode one of Scoops or one of the early ones, but I, I saw recently that September 23rd was the most popular wedding date for this fall. And obviously, I just threw up in my mouth. I mean, that's just sickening. Um, a great day, though, obviously. A great day. But sickening that people would choose to do it that day in the fall. And again, just an absolute unbelievable slate of college football this weekend. Really, all hours of the day. Florida State, Clemson at noon. Colorado, Oregon, 3.30. Oregon State, Washington State, 7. Iowa, Penn State, 7.30. Ohio State, Notre Dame, 7.30. Uh, Old Miss, Alabama, 3.30. I mean, just, I mean, it's just unreal, man. Like, you, you can't script the kind of slate we have here this weekend. Even folks like Dr. Shaw, antenna only. If you have an antenna only, you're set all day. You're set all day. So, I mean, I, I know where I'll be. No better way to bring in 30 than watching Ohio State and Notre Dame sitting my ass in front of the TV, especially last year. I, I couldn't watch it because of some foolishness, as we've mentioned many times. But just a great weekend of games. Uh, NFL slate is weaker, certainly. NFL you know, NFL is more consistent in terms of, like, you always have good matchups. But obviously, when, when the, the, the top college matchups usually exceed the top pro matchups in terms of, like, the loaded nature of it. 
pro you might get one or two college when they're loaded you get four or five at least so you know we'll get into that of course tonight with our picks um like i said you know mr lewis i'm not going to censor any of his takes uh certainly interesting conversation last week there will be no sex trafficking discussion tonight um but you know i think i've said a piece about the election many times and again i don't think it's stolen you know, if you do think that, whatever. But again, you have to have evidence to back up your claim. Big data guy on this show, uh, Dr. Scholl, hopefully points out often, and that's important to us. That is, uh, and again, I, I, I says for too, as the great Tucker Carlson says, you know, the election certainly wasn't rigged, but it wasn't fair, and I do agree with that. I think you look at the censorship that occurred before the election, obviously the mail-in ballots, the deadlines being extended, all that, and of course, COVID certainly played a huge part. COVID coverage and things like that, and just how it was politicized, played a huge part in that. It, but you know, again, what what only people that really, only people that benefit from reliving that are grifters, partially like Trump, but other grifters like that, and of course, Democrats and the media because they love reliving twenty twenty. That was their heyday. Anyway, it, it, I don't I don't really care anymore. Honestly, I, I think it will will COVID pop back up next year, probably in some ways. But again, it will be different because Democrats really can't. They're they're in charge of the White House, obviously, which I'm sure they'll find a way to blame someone else if it does pop back up or they make it pop back up, but. In any event, they don't have the, the orange man to blame for that anymore like they did in 2020. Easy target. In any event, I've, I've said many times, Trump screwed himself a lot through that, through his own foolishness with code, whether it's the Fauci or just saying weird stuff and just refusing to, like, you know, be consistent. You know, the, the, again, nuance. Both things can be true that Trump got screwed by coverage and screwed himself in many ways. And I've said plethora of times on this show. If Trump had just accepted his loss and just said, hey, COVID screwed me, mail-in voting screwed me, whatever, I'm coming back in four years, obviously help the Republicans keep the Senate, he'd be cruising the re-election right now. Cruising. And he would have been cruising in 2020. I'll go to my grave saying that. I don't care what, what Mr. T Sr. says or Dr. Shaw, not Dr. Shaw disagrees, but Trump would, would have won in 2020 without COVID easily. Still should have. Again, you can bl- say he made some mistakes. I think he did, but COVID obviously screwed him. And would easily win in 2024 if he had just accepted the loss. But obviously, he's done a lot of dumb shit since then. And, you know, playing with fire. That's why Democrats want him to run again. Anyway, we'll talk a bit about that. Uh, and obviously, against football picks, I'd say probably a half hour or less. We'll see, Dr. Shaw. You know, you know I like to get on uh, get on my soapboxes here. Uh, Jeer won, though. Got to go Browns. First year. One year for the Browns. Uh, I do feel bad for Nick Chubb. Again, Nick Chubb's a great player. He's a beast. He's old school. I, I, I do like watching him play. I mean, I root for him to get like less than five yards of carry, obviously, because I hate the Browns. But Chubb is, is a beast. Uh, and, it, it, and I feel for him. It is typical Browns fashion that their best player gets hurt like that. And I was nervous during that game. Browns start 2-0 and with two division wins, one on the road. You get a little nervous. But Pittsburgh, I, 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 know, I know my Browns. There's one thing I can predict in life. It is the Cleveland Browns. And as Phil, Phil hopefully will vouch for me here, in 2021, I think our first show or second show, I successfully predicted that the Browns would miss the playoffs. Obviously, I was spot on, so I'm taking that one to the bank, baby. Uh, but Phil, shout out to Phil. Kareem Hunt, actually, you joked about they'll bring him back. They did bring him back today. I found out Kareem Hunt's going back to the Browns. Uh, but anyway, as I was saying, I was nervous during that game. Steelers' offense looked putrid, absolutely pathetic. But sunrise in the east sets in the west. Miserable teams stay miserable. Steelers found a way to win for the 20, 20th straight time in Pittsburgh in the regular season. And for the 21st straight time at home on Monday Night Football, the Steelers won. So all is well in the world. Browns-Titans, a huge game this weekend. I, I angrily picked the Titans middle of the game when I thought the Browns were going to win. I was like, I'm not picking the Browns the rest of the year. Uh, and, I, and we'll see if I stick to that because I obviously could see the Browns winning. But Watson hasn't looked good. I mean, I, you know, I, Watson was a top 
top seven or eight quarterback, maybe top five at his peak. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And I think he, certainly people that root against him, justifiably so. I mean, he has obviously, you know, proven to have a lot of issues and really just obviously does, did a lot of wrong. You know, so I, it's it's easy to root against him. But let the record show I've hated the Browns well before then, obviously. And I used to like Watson a lot. You know, obviously he's great at Clemson. I thought, I mean, I, I thought he should have went number one in 2017 or number two. I mean, obviously Mahomes has been better, but Mitch Trubisky ahead of both of them. Again, that's why the Bears are the Bears. But anyway, Browns do have a great roster. We'll see what they do with it. And division looks, division's vulnerable. I think the Ravens look good, but you know Lamar will get hurt at some point. Bengals look god-awful. Steelers' offense is god-awful. So we'll see. Uh, before we get to our other two jeers, uh, let's talk about the Cowboys. So phenomenal defense. I mean, uh, they really should be 4-0 going to San Fran week five. Huge Sunday night game week five. Uh now, Dallas is very on-brand to lose to a team like the Cardinals or the Patriots in the next two weeks. But, I mean, Cardinals look terrible. Cardinals literally, like, tried to give that Giants game away and did because they're actively tanking. And you blow a 28-7 lead to the Giants, that's pretty bad. Giants are decent, but Cardinals had that game won. Uh, and Patriots look god-awful offensive. I mean, again, a lot of bad teams. Honestly, I love it. It's old school. And, I, you know, as much as I love the NFL, I'll never not watch the NFL Unless they like get a Marxist flag out there, you know, uh, purposely they kind of do now, but really, you know, they, anyway, you know what I'm saying. But the first few weeks are not good, man, because no one plays in the preseason. They don't tackle anybody. I mean, it's amazing. They they, they make the league geared to, so much towards offense, and the offense is still so shitty early on. So we'll kind of see what happens. And there's a lot of bad offenses out there. Really, the only offense that look good so far. You got San Fran. You got the Dolphins. Uh, let's see. Really, let's go through division by division. I mean, that's pretty much it. I'd say. Uh, Ravens have looked, uh, week one they didn't, week two looked pretty good. Bills, decent, week two again. So Dallas offense hasn't looked great. Vikings Vikings have scored a lot of points in both weeks. Tampa Bay, decent. So, I mean, again, really what good offenses are there out there? You, Seahawks and Lions, I guess, too. You think the Chiefs will get in, get it going, but they haven't looked good so far. I mean, Kelsey obviously only played one game, so we'll kind of see, but that's it's it hasn't been really good so far and this week's slate's not great you got bears chiefs as the as the doubleheader game that's not really a good it's split with cowboys cardinals but bears chiefs is is mostly what people are getting so you know we'll just see second year though goes to actually i got a jeer myself here it's it's for the lions but i take ownership of that because i picked them i don't say i hopped on the bandwagon but i you know like i said once they beat the chiefs it's like eh, you know and how do you really hate the lions and i made peace like if they become good and the browns stay bad and that that cements the browns legacy as the most miserable so i i, I changed my mind about that but then of course the lions lost so i have to kind of own that i apologize to all the lions fans i think i kind of jinxed you with my with my um previous slander against them uh that was a great game though and again Seattle's a weird team they've oftentimes lost games just like they did to the rams under pete carroll and then gone out and beaten like green bay or or uh the Cowboys or somebody good like that. So, you know, that wasn't too unexpected, but Lions definitely gave that gave that game away. Uh so yeah, that was uh I apologize to Lions fans out there. We'll think of our third year later. I, I had it written down and now I seem to have misplaced it. That's why you gotta take better care of your notes. But it's all good though. Uh let's get to some picks here. Let's get to some picks before we get into some politics here. So college football re- recapping week three, not a whole lot happened. Again, what's great about college football is even when there's no like ranked matchups like last week, you just don't know what's gonna happen. And Alabama looked terrible. Georgia was down eleven at the half. Florida beat Tennessee at home again. I should I should have picked that. See, I always go with home team in the wrong in the wrong way. 
But I did get West Virginia over Pitt. I knew Pitt wouldn't win that game. Pitt's not very good. West Virginia was a home. They're fighting for their coach's job. Backyard brawl. Huge win there. Colorado. You know, I really, I, I don't like Dion's antics. I think it's a lot of, it, it's, it's not fluff, but I think it's a lot of like false victimhood and things like that. I don't really care they ran those guys off the team. I mean, I you know, it's one sense I'm like, eh, it's kind of Bush League. In another sense, they were 1-11 and he's a new coach. You know, I don't really care that much either way. I, mean, I love Dion Again, he's just the coolest guy out there, man. Like, no one can be as cool as Dion. Maybe MJ, that's it. MJ and Dion on their own stratosphere. But again, and I think Colorado, will, I, I think they'll get rolled by Oregon. I, I probably wouldn't take the 20 and a half points spread because that is a shit ton. But I think Colorado will be humbled this weekend for sure. They almost lost to Colorado State, who got demolished by Washington State week one. Washington State's decent, but they're not that good. So, and Colorado's been having a lot of hype, and Oregon's a freaking tough place to play, so we'll see. But even if Colorado loses to Oregon and USC, obviously they're doing a hell of a lot better than last year. So, you know, I don't like care. It's just like most things, right? People have to have an opinion and, and hype it up as the worst thing in the world or just greatest coach in history is a sport i mean it's just, just enjoy it man i mean it's it's unprecedented so just kind of see what happens but that colorado state game was wild man 10 20 start I, I i think it was about 10 20 start went to about 2 20 in the morning so i just realized you know i'm not i, I try to get seven hours a night that's what they recommend the 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 great cdc allegedly obviously that's in quotes the great the great is in quotes but the cdc you can trust them for things not covid related anyway uh CDC recommends seven hours sleep. I just realized the football season, I'm probably not going to get that. So I'm fine with that. I'm young. I'm, even if I'm 30, I'm still young. I'm good to go. Uh, but that, anyway, so this weekend, college football slate, though, no, there's no question marks. It's a great one. So, Dr. Shaw, you're welcome. I'm glad you're here this weekend. And don't leave the couch once you get here, sir. Obviously, my boys and I will not either. Let's get to some picks, though. Florida State, Clemson, huge game at noon. Clemson wa- lost week one at Duke. They need this win to stay in the ACC race because there's no divisions anymore. Even if there were, they'd be in the same one as Florida State, so that the loss really set them back. Uh, Florida State looked vulnerable against BC, almost blew a 31-10 lead. Dr. Shaw, I think BC did what you said and went for two, down 15 instead of down eight, and then again down nine, they went for two, failed both times. Did lose by two, not saying they would have won anyway, but you never know what will happen. I know you'll send me some odds and stuff like that. That's fine. So, I'm, you know, I, I was thinking after Clemson lost Duke, I was like, you know, it might be Florida State's here, but I'm going Clemson. I'm going Clemson at home. Florida State looked vulnerable. Could have been caught looking ahead. But I, I just think, you know, and I've been wrong before, and I like to go down swinging, trusting in the king. And Clemson's been the king of the ACC for many years. They've owned Florida State. They've won uh, seven straight. Would have been eight, but they did not play in 2020. So it is seven straight. Uh, I'm, going with, I'm going with the Tigers at home. I think they'll win. I don't think that's a noon game. I think that benefits Florida State, but I, I just think champions fall hard, and I, I think Clemson wants to make a statement. No one's really respected them all year. They lost to Duke, which is a weird game. They're, certainly a loss is a loss, but they did lose to Duke in kind of a fluky game. So um, I, I, I do like Clemson. Mr. Lewis says he's going to Florida State. Sticking with my preseason prediction, obviously fair. Um, let's get to another game here, 3.30, Maryland-Michigan State. So I always try to pick the Big Ten, especially a broadcast game on NBC like that. Michigan State, you know, the Mel Tucker stuff, uh, my, I think my friend Wally said it best, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I do think he's kind of being screwed. I mean, I'm not going to give this. I really don't care that much. But anyway, I think he's kind of being screwed in the sense of like it doesn't – It. I agree, you shouldn't cheat on your wife, obviously. But you can't fire a college football coach cheating on his wife. There probably wouldn't be many left employed. Anyway, 
again, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. But I have Maryland. Michigan State, you know, they look terrible against Washington. Maryland's got a pretty good offense. Maryland starts slow the last two weeks. I think they will win, though, in East Lansing. And Mr. Lewis has Maryland as well. Uh, Old Miss Bama. This one, outside of Ohio State Notre Dame, really, I think, is the game of the week. Um, it's in Tuscaloosa. Old Miss last one there, 2015. Again, I, I, you guys know, all, all eight listeners know, I hate picking against Bama. I rarely do. Uh, I didn't against Texas, obviously, and Texas dominated that game start to finish. And then almost lost Wyoming, which was really funny. Mr. Lewis called that as well. That was awesome. Uh, I really hope Wyoming would have won. But anyway, Texas still showed their vulnerability, which is always good to see. Anyway, Bama's got Milrow back starting now. They look terrible against USF. I mean, USF has a bad, 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 bad FBS team. So Alabama, I mean, that was just, that was bad. So I got to go, I got to go Old Miss. I, I have to do it. I, I don't really want to do it. I, I hate picking against Bama. I did last year at LSU, which was a great call. I don't like picking against Bama, especially in Tuscaloosa. But I just, again, Bama's not looked good. Like they, they, they have a modern offense now, like they, like they had with Tua and Mac Jones and Hurts, but they don't have those guys walking through the door. Nor do they have really that good of receivers. Their running backs are good. They should run the ball more, but they don't. So, again, if they had the 2015 offense, like they had with Derrick Henry, and they would ground and pound and things, I think they'd, they'd be fine. But they, they, mo- they modernized their offense, and their, their well of quarterbacks ran dry. So I'm going Old Miss. I think they've looked good so far. Jackson Dart's a quality quarterback. Lane Kiffin, uh, he knows Bama well. Give me the Rebs on the road. They do it. They do it. The, the Rebs do it. Uh, Mr. Lewis has Old Miss as well. As, as the great Kirk Herbstreet says on game day, someone's got to save the graphic. And there's only two of us here. But he has Old Miss over Bama. He says Bama is terrible. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really know what to expect. Uh, it, it should be a great game. High scoring, I would say. Because Old Miss is prone to give the big play. But I'm, I'm going Rebs. I'd love to see Bama lose. I'd love to see the Rebels win. And then they host LSU next week. That'll be great. Next one, Colorado at Oregon. Oregon had a, had a scare in week two at Texas Tech. Colorado's had a couple of scares here. But obviously, they don't expect them to beat TCU, and they did. And then, obviously, the rest is history since that, from that point. So, I do have Oregon. I don't know if I can lay the points. I do think it'll be a couple touchdowns, though. I think Colorado will be humbled. Oregon's had a great offense. Bo Nix, as much as I, as I hate him, he was at Auburn because he's overrated. He's experienced. Oregon's got a very good coach. They're, they're a great team. They've been there before. I'm going Oregon at home in Autzen. Even the Ducks all day. I'm not exactly sure Mr. Lewis's pick. Uh, he says Colorado over Oregon shrug. He says shouldn't be 20 and a half point spread at least. That's ridiculous. So I think he's picking Colorado to cover, which is fair. Kind of a cop it on his pick, but I'll just say he's picking Oregon. That's fine. Uh, that is that is a shit. That is a very high spread. That's a shit ton of points that they're giving to Oregon. But Vegas usually knows. Bama's also favored by, I think, five and a half or six and a half. So maybe I'm wrong there, too. But I do think Oregon will win. Again, Colorado's really not that good. They beat TCU, who, who might not be that good this year. Uh, they beat Nebraska, who's not good. They beat Colorado State, who's not good. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. If Colorado wins that, then you have to say they're a serious playoff contender. But we'll, we'll obviously see how it goes. And, again, it can be true that they are not that good of a team, but obviously a lot better than last year and have a lot of hype. Clearly have a lot of hype. That's fine. Uh, okay. That's five, no, four picks so far. Oh, I forgot to mention one hype game this week. Utah-UCLA from Utah. UCLA won last year in the Rose Bowl rematch this year in Salt Lake City. Uh, Mr. Lewis has Utah. I have Utah as well. I have a lot of confidence in this game as well. UCLA is not that good. Going on the road is tough. Utah's a great team. 
beat Baylor at Baylor, not playing their best game. I think Utah will roll in this game over UCLA. So Utah on the points, I think, in this one. Uh, Iowa at Penn State. Big 10 CBS game. Love it. The CBS A team is on this game. They're not calling Ole Miss Bama. They're calling this game, which is surprising. Maybe a little FU to the SEC for not staying with them. Although they still offered them a great deal to stay with them. CBS said no. Whatever, though. I don't really care. Uh, anyway, from Happy Valley. Penn State's looked good uh, against scrub teams. West Virginia at home at Illinois. I like Penn State. Obviously, Iowa's offense is not going to score enough points to win in Happy Valley. Uh, Kay McNamara, former Michigan Wolverine. Eh, not getting it done. So give me Penn State in that one. Uh, Mr. Lewis says, quote, Penn State kills Iowa, end quote. So there you go. Mr. Lewis also has the third OSU, the fake, fake, fake OSU, Oregon State over Washington State. Pack two game here. I love that. Both teams are ranked as well. Uh, this is a tough one for me. I usually go home team. Washington State wrecked Wisconsin, and Wisconsin might not be that good this year. That's fine. They did struggle against uh, Georgia Southern. But I'm going Washington State. It's tough to win in the Palouse. It is. Washington State's beaten many teams over the years at home who were good. Washington State at home. I think Oregon State's a really good team. Their coach, Jonathan Smith, done an excellent job. Uh, DJU's played well this year, but they haven't really been tested. So I'm going the Cougars at home. Washington State wins over Oregon State. So Mr. Lewis and I disagree there. That's obviously that's fine. That, that's what makes the world go round. So go Cougars in that one. Lastly, of course, game of the week. Uh, what better birthday present could I ask for? The Ohio State University going to Notre Dame. First time in 27 years. Unlike last year, I watched on my damn phone from a uh, 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 lovely country club in Omaha, Nebraska. It had no TVs, by the way. I'll be watching from the comfort of my nice uh, two couches, one given by the great Dr. Scholl, uh, 40, 65-inch TV. I'm not sure. I don't really care how big the TV is, honestly. All I know is don't bother me at that time. It is my birthday, so I hope we get a lot of calls and texts, and that's great. But you all know where I'll be at 730. It's a tough game. I don't really know what to pick, who to pick, man. I mean, preseason, I, I thought Ohio State lose at least two games. So they have six true road games, so I ended up picking Wisconsin and Michigan they're going to lose two. Because I'm not going to have them lose three, but I think Wisconsin will be good. It's on the road, whatever. I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I – Notre Dame's good. Scrub teams they've played, certainly. So is Ohio State, though. Sam Hartman's a great quarterback. They're at home. Marcus Freeman is is up-and-coming coach, a quality up-and-coming coach. Uh, Notre Dame's O-line is great. Ohio State's D-line has not generated much pressure. Ohio State's offense looked a lot better against Western Kentucky, but Western Kentucky really gave that game. It went for it on fourth down like three times in the first half inside the 50. Uh, had a fumble as well on a drive. I mean, Western Kentucky really threw that game, and then it was over after, when it was 42-10 to 10 in the second quarter. So, you know, Western Kentucky makes a lot of teams look good, they play like that. But Ohio State's offense did look a lot better. McCord seems to be the guy, best wideouts in the nation, obviously. Um, I... I can't I can't go against Ohio State on my birthday. I can't do it. I, I, I this is this is a this is a heart pick for sure. Not that Ohio State really is not favored in every game they play almost as they should be. Because even in games like this in the past where it's been hyped, it's like okay, Ohio State's gonna win because they're Ohio State, and that's fair. I, I but I really I mean, even though I'm called by no and you know I can be uh, uh too objective at times, whatever, I get it, but I really don't there's nothing nothing makes me say, hey. Ohio State is going to go into South Bend and win because blank. I don't have like a reason to say that at this point in time. But I'm still going to Ohio State. I, I can't go against the Buckeyes on my birthday. I mean, Notre Dame is a tough place to play, but there'll be a lot of Scarlet there. 
Uh, I just, I mean, I guess here's why. I think the the athletes Ohio State has, the wide receivers, the speed, Notre Dame can't match that. I think enough big plays lead Ohio State to victory. So give me the Bucks, low confidence pick, but I'm going to the Bucks that they attribute to a great 30th birthday present with a win in South Bend. Mr. Lewis also gives me confidence because he has Ohio State. So if a non-Buckeye is picking Ohio State, I have to go with my my alma mater from seven years ago. Hard to believe. All right. Let's talk some politics here. Uh, really not much to say about the vaccines. Again, I, I you know, with Lewis in here, I'm not going to speak ill of what he said. He can defend himself next week. But here's what I understand. I know it's, I guess I do understand. It's a culture war thing like anything. And Dr. Shaw pointed this out when I, was railing on those that blamed like any death by a police officer on January 6th or blaming it, blaming the death on January 6th when no person died on January 6th except Ashley Babbitt, the unarmed protester. That's fine. Talk about that enough. But that Shaw's right. Any any death in a young man or or any any young person really, it's attributed to the vaccine automatically. And obviously that's foolishness. I mean Again, are there problems with the vaccine in terms of myocarditis, all that? Yes, of course. And has it been covered up by the media in some ways? Prob- I would, again, I don't know a lot about that in terms of like data or like specific cases, but I'm sure it has been because they have a general incentive to promote the talking points of the Democratic Party and obviously vaccination. Again, they hate big pharma sides for this, but whatever. Right? It, anyway, I don't, I don't care about that right now. But again, it, it's, it's like just because someone like pounds the table for the vaccine in a nauseating way and like it's stupid doesn't mean you have to like doesn't mean that they're all the way wrong or that you have to like take the other position to extreme to an extreme right like it can be true that the vaccines did save a lot of lives because many vulnerable people needed them and that is true that's true to this day like if you were 85 years old like my grandma or 84 i'd probably say get the booster because why not if you're under 65 do you really need it no of course not unless you're immunocompromised then get it and that's fine weigh the risk again just like if you're gonna be an anti-lockdown anti-mask then you have to say to to weigh the risk. You can say, I don't need the vaccine because of X, Y, Z. That's fine. You shouldn't be forced to take it. I don't think you should be forced to take it. I think that was stupid. I think there are, there, they covered up a lot. They didn't really cover up like issues with production or things, but they covered up obviously the fact that it doesn't prevent transmission. Eventually they assume it doesn't prevent, didn't prevent infection. And they didn't, they didn't adjust the messaging that turned a lot of people off. I get it. But again, it can be true that they did all those things and that you still might be okay to take the vaccine. It also can be true that you don't want to take the vaccine because you just don't think you need it. Not about being afraid or because you're they're gonna they're gonna put a microchip in it, whatever. You might just say, you know, I don't really need the vaccine. I've had COVID or I'm young or whatever. Who cares? So again, it, I, you know, I get everything is a talking point nowadays. I get it. Um, it's just it doesn't need to me. It doesn't even be like that. I think again, I. I try to be like Dr. Shaw here and be nuanced and say, look, you know, you can have the right to say that the mandates were stupid. They misled a lot of people about it. Big Pharma has an incentive to promote its product and all this, just like they always do. That doesn't change because it's it, it's a a net good vaccine in a lot of ways. It's still Big Pharma. They still have a lot, they still have an agenda. Okay. It could also be true that maybe you should take it or that you can take it and still think all those things or not take it and, and know that there's not a microchip in it or know that it's not uh, it, it, it's not taken and know that some people still need it. I mean, there's many, there's many things you can do to have a nuanced perspective on things. So yeah, I don't get that into it. I don't really care that much. I mean, it's, it's, uh, 
you know, I'm not going to rant about the vaccine being bad. I'll rant about mandates and the stupidity of like lockdowns and just uh, vaccination passports. And, and again, the charade they kept up for that long, how two shots and you're done or two shots, you don't spread it or even how infection is preventing because it's really not at this point. But again, and I understand the frustration of, of being misled and lied to. Trust me, I'll pound the table about that all day, especially with masks and lockdowns and origins and everything. And so I get, and I, I do get that. When you have all that stuff, it is hard to trust something like the vaccine. But again, it all goes back to risks, right? Don't, don't die from COVID if you're 85 years old because it lied to you about lockdowns. So again, I, you know, I can go back and forth on this all day, but it's just not, it, it's never something that's moved the needle, that's moved the needle for me. And it's not going to be now because I'm much more likely to rant about masks and stupidity like that. It really does nothing as opposed to vaccines that actually do do something and still does a pretty job preventing serious illness and death, which is its job. And again, that's all it was said at first, but that's the reality now. And of course, I think people too will say, they'll, they'll rant against the vaccine because they'll say, oh, like, well, I'm not going to get severely ill anyway. And again, I agree with you, right? Like that's, that's a messaging issue. They were making it seem like young, healthy people were going to be so at risk from COVID if they didn't get the vaccine. That's not true. Should they still maybe get it? Maybe. It's up to them. But it can be true that like, you should get the vaccine or can, but you're not at life-threatening risk from COVID. But anyway, going past 30 minutes, you knew that would happen. Every time I think it won't, it does. That's fine. Not not much more politics tonight, though. Um, identity politics. Democrats are in a tough spot here, man. We know that coming in. Uh, you know, it, I, I enjoy reading the articles about how Democrats are scrambling about Biden because he's too old. The voters know he's too old. Democrats know he's too old. They had no backup plan. I mean, again, it's almost like, in, I can laugh myself at it. It's, it's like thinking with the wrong head with dating, right? Short term, you know, you, you, someone's really hot or, you know, whatever they want to do. And you just got to capitalize on that, man. But you don't really realize, hey, you know, that's what's my end game after this. Democrats have the same issue, right? I thought they, they, there was a phenomenal choice to nominate Biden. He's probably the only one that was going to beat Trump. Sanders certainly wouldn't. Buttigieg, hell no. Uh, Warren, hell no. Harris, obviously not. So that was a great job by them. And again, that's why I quote unquote liked Biden back then. So like, you know, he's, I thought, yeah, you know, he really has no record to stand on because he always, I realize now, always shifts whatever direction of the party's going. So benefits him, obviously. But what does he really stand for? Clearly, we found out these last few years. Thank God I didn't vote for him. Anyway, great pick by them, though. But then, of course, what do they do? Well, they hamstrung themselves by saying, by him saying, I'm going to nominate a woman to be the Veep. And then, of course, after George Floyd, it has to be a black woman. So everybody knows who's going to be, Kamala Harris. And again, this, this, is, this is what infuriates me and many others like me about Democrats. They're just, and it's, it's politicians on both sides. But Democrats are the ones that get a free pass for being like so savvy and superior. They are so egotistical and arrogant and have such hubris that they refuse to acknowledge that their views are wrong or they're like, maybe they're not as popular as they think they are. A couple examples. One, Kamala Harris, right? Lowest approval of any vice president on record. Any vice president on record. And what do they say? Oh, well, it's just racism and sexism. And so again, I, I, I love to dismiss an argument right on the surface without even having to go into like specifics on why it's wrong, Right? Think, think about these polls, and we'll get into more polls in a minute. 
if 30, I think the last number was 32% that Harris had an approval of Harris. Okay, so let's just say that this proves 60% instead of 68 because eight say they don't know a run short or whatever. Let's just say 60%. Well, actually, you know what? Let's go with 32. So are only 32% of voters not racist and not sexist in the U.S.? If you're saying that she's so low because of racism and sexism, you're, then you have to say that uh, only 32% of American voters are not racist or not sexist. Same thing when she failed in 2019. She had to drop out of the race before the election year even started. And again, that's a Democratic nomination. Democratic voters, the great bastions of democracy and freedom, didn't even like her enough to keep her in it until the calendar flipped to 2020. So by your logic, Democrats, that means your own voters have to be racist, so racist and so sexist that they would never vote for a black woman. Therefore, she had to drop out. Another example goes, and this, and this goes with what I was going to talk about in terms of Democratic hubris as well, is like Bidenomics, right? Everyone's like, oh, I just don't know, like, how does the, how does the public not know how great the administration's been? And they're like, oh, it's just, it's, it's the right-wing media network. And again, independent of the stupidity of that argument, let's just look at it from a numbers perspective, right? More than half the country says the economy, actually like seven-tenths of the country, the economy is on the wrong track. More than half disapprove of Biden's handling the economy. So you're basically saying that more than half of Americans are consumed by right-wing media and therefore can't think for themselves and give you credit. Or in that case, 70% of Americans think that or can't think for themselves and are consumed by right-wing media. Again, independent of like basic election percentages and knowing that that's not true based on how elections go and what people, how people vote and things, it's just an absurd argument, okay? Same thing with binomics, right? Like, oh, like low unemployment, record job growth. Like, I don't, I don't know how, like, this, people don't realize it. And again, it's because people aren't blind to what they see. Sometimes your eyes can't tell you the whole story, but most of the time your eyes tell you what you need to know. People can see Biden tripping on his words, Kamala Harris using word salad, inflation, prices are a shit ton higher than they were three years ago. And they're a shit ton higher, and, and even though they're, they're growing at a lesser rate now, prices ain't going to come down. They're still a shit ton higher than they were two years ago. And, and they're still higher than they were last year, even though it's a slower rate. But the price, they're still too damn high. So again, voters, see their own ass, the Democrats are so far up their own asshole, they, can't, they don't realize, like, hey, maybe our policies aren't that popular. So instead of saying, like, you know, we should adapt, it's, oh, no, we just got, the public's just not knowledgeable. We need to educate them. And obviously, it extends to things like COVID policy and emergency declarations and all this stuff. That's literally what globalism has become, is like, you can't do it yourself, we'll do it for you. And an- another, a- another point on that is um, the, 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 they'll blame the media. Democrats, yeah, that's right. Democrats will blame the media for not touting the president's record enough. Like, first of all, again, I, you can dismiss the argument every which way, but just look out on the surface. Friendly media that hates Donald Trump, once Biden elected, didn't talk about Biden's age, the laptop, or Hunter Biden all through the election. We don't talk about it now at all. They now want to say, Democrats now want to say that it's the media's fault that the public doesn't think Biden's doing a good job. Again, think about that. But that's the party of science and, and common sense and, uh, and uh, uh, accountability and all this stuff. 
Yeah, Republicans do the same thing. But Republicans are viewed as like ass backwards, rednecks, conspiracy theorists, all this stuff. That's simply not true. No one has a monopoly on stupidity or greed or power or hubris, any of that. Okay. Last point I want to make on this again. Democrats are screwed. That's why they want Trump to run. That's why they want they, they, they keep it. That's why they want indictments against Trump. That's why they keep boosting it. The only person who loves Trump more than Trump are Democrats. Only people I should say are Democrats and the mainstream media. And as I as read a great op-ed two weeks ago in the Wall Street Journal, the great Wall Street, you guys got to read the Wall Street Journal, man. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Well worth $19.49 a month. The great op-ed said, for those that don't think the Trump indictments are political, ask yourself this. Would they, would they be happening if Democrats thought they'd give Trump a better chance against Biden, A, or B, if they thought it would boost someone else over Trump? Ask yourself that. If you think the answer to that question is yes, they would, more power to you. We can have a strong discussion. My answer, of course, is hell no. If the indictments help Trump against Biden or helps another candidate over Trump, they wouldn't do it. And that's fine. That's politics. But again, don't ever preach to me about the sanctity of democracy and the threat that Donald Trump poses when you're trying to nominate that man as one of the major as one of the two major party candidates just so you can beat him. And as I've said, you're playing with fire. If I had to bet right now, I'd still say Biden will win because Trump has so much baggage. But again, you're playing with fire. Biden is a terrible candidate. Voters think he's a terrible candidate. Democrats know he's a terrible candidate. But they're screwed. Newsom and Whitmer and them, they can't challenge them because they can't bypass Kamala Harris. Because if you bypass a black woman, then you're racist and sexist and a slaveholder and all this. So again, Democrats made their own bed. They nominated Harris to get the black vote to play identity politics. That's fine. Trump's still on the scene. They didn't anticipate that. Biden wants to stay in power. Shocking. Now they're screwed. Because they don't go with Biden. They got to go with Harris. Harris ain't going to win. If they bypass Harris, they probably won't win because they're going to lose a lot of black votes. So you're screwed. What's the reaction to that? Help Trump. And then, obviously, to beat Trump. And And again, never let a Democrat preach to you about the sanctity of democracy when that kind of stuff's happening. Okay. Speaking of that, 14th Amendment. Don't get me started on this. Again, I, I, lo- I lose so much sleep over the damn whenever I see the word insurrection in January 6th. I mean, I, I just can't, I, I can't, I just, I just can't do it. So now, of course, this is pushed to disqualify Trump because it's actually the 14th Amendment. No one should engage in insurrection against the government. Okay, you know, whatever. I get it. Again, it's not clear who would determine that a uh, candidate engaged in insurrection. Okay. Someone in the original op-ed by Ludwig, I think, in Tribe said that, like, because all three branches of government have used the term, it, like, applies. Okay. But a a state attorney general can't just say that something's an insurrection, nor can even the Supreme Court justice or Congress and president, and make it so. That doesn't make those because they said it in an interrogation or whatever. A. B. Not a single person, again, my favorite back to the whole day, not a single person has been charged with insurrection. Not one. Less than 30 have been charged with seditious conspiracy out of the more than 800 arrests or whatever. Okay. Three, if, the, if Jack Smith thought Trump engaged in insurrection or something like that or supported it, why didn't he charge him with that? You don't think Jack Smith would have charged him with insurrection if he thought that that's what he could get him with? And four, independent of all of that, as I just mentioned, how can, how can a state office holder determine that a candidate for president is disqualified based on that clause. Again, 
You see the trend here. And I, look, Trump, anybody that hates Trump, you know, I get it, but you're wasting your time. He is Teflon Don. Are some voters stupid? Absolutely. But, and does the media help him out? Absolutely. But the man has nine lives. As Dr. Schultz said, no one ever thought after January 6th he'd still be front and center. And here he is. Because Democrats want that, and of course Trump wants that himself. And again, playing with fire. The way to beat Trump's at the ballot box, as happened in the three previous elections. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, I, Democrats, again, it's easy to say they want to squash them and, and get rid of them. And that is true. But and they would love, 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 love more than, love them more than that. But they know that these efforts to quote-unquote squash him are only going to boost him. And again, that's sickening. Playing with fire. We'll just see how it goes. Last thing, the whole abortion thing with Trump again. You know, Trump's viewed as like a liberal fascist. Not sure how that's possible. When again, it, obviously both things can't be true, but the media will tell you it is. Okay, because he's, he's a hard right and MAGA Republicans are extreme right wingers. But then Trump's viewed as so liberal by conservatives, which again, he, it, it does uh, liberal tendencies. But obviously both things can't be true. Okay. Anyway, and I think Trump, he's inartfully worded. I think, he, of course, he botched the abortion comment in the Meet the Press interview. But I think he's correct in terms of the messaging, right? Like, six-week bans are not going to register with voters. Would I support that as a voter? Of course I would. And Dr. Schultz kind of persuaded me of this a few years ago. He said, you know, any, any anti-abortion law that saves, that prevents abortions is good. And I agree with that. I agree with that. But here's the thing you have to ask yourself, especially if you're in a swing state or running for federal office, is would you rather save some babies or none? Like 12-week ban, very reasonable. 15-week ban, certainly reasonable. Most Americans support bans after 15 weeks, by the way. And again, as Trump even said, and the media will always cover for Democrats, we know that, but Trump even said this, and DeSantis said this, Democrats support no limits at all. They never give an answer to limits. They can't say one. They're like, oh, well, uh, we just support women's right to choose. Till when? Oh, uh, just whatever they say. So Democrats will say no limits. Republicans need to go on offense and say, no, 15 weeks is the limit, except for just rape, rape and incest, maybe, or, or 10 weeks limit, exceptions to 15 weeks, whatever. 15 weeks, no exceptions because you have 15 weeks to get it done. Whatever, I get that. And again, do I like that? No, of course I don't like that. But I'd rather have that law passed than through 32 weeks like Democrats, Democrats want, or some states have. And Nikki Haley is right, too. You're not going to get 60 senators to vote for a pro-life bill. It's not going to happen. And you need to be honest with voters about that. It's, I still don't think it's a federal issue anyway. I think it could be. Constitutionally, it could be. But Republicans also fought to make it a state issue. So don't die on that hill. And again, it, it is a huge issue. No doubt about that. So I, don't, I shouldn't say don't die on that hill. It's a huge issue. But you have to message it correctly and go on offense with it. Six weeks, 12 weeks, and again, in, in, in this Republican primary voters, to me, are short-sighted. I understand, and especially if, you're, if that's the number one issue, you, you want to ban all abortions. I get that. I really do. But again, would you rather ban abortions at six weeks in just your state? Or would you rather get 15 weeks in other states or possibly nationwide? Or would you rather get, get it six weeks and then it's overturned by an amendment, like in Ohio, by voters because you went too extreme? You can't have it all. You can't have it all. And so, again, Trump inartful with it, and I think he should get credit for overturning it with his nomination, nominees, but obviously voters gave him that power, and so, you know, the pro-life movement built that. Trump did his role, obviously. 
So again, both things can be true that Trump is an artful but has good points and that the abortion messaging by the Republicans is terrible. Anyway, curious your thoughts on that. NFL picks here. Let's start Monday Night Football doubleheader again. Eagles, Bucks. I got the Eagles. Uh, Bucks surprising 2-0, and but I think they'll be tested this week against Philly. And I'm going with the Eagles on the road. Uh, let's see who Mr. Lewis has. He has the Bucks. actually. He said Eagles look terrible so far. Can't throw for anything. Second game, Rams, Bengals from Cincinnati Super Bowl 56 rematch. Joe Burrow is hurt, looking like shit. Uh, if Burrow does not play, I'm going Rams because Bengals will be god-awful without Burrow, obviously. They were for 30 years. If Burrow does play, I think the Bengals will get their first win of the year. Third week in a row, I'm picking them. We'll see if I'm finally right. But I'm hedging this pick because if he's out, uh, Rams for sure. Sunday night game, Steelers at Raiders. In my anger picks, I picked Las Vegas. I'm now going Steelers because I think Vegas is really not very good. Pittsburgh's offense is horrible, but defense will win them another game, I think, on the road. Mr. Lewis also has the Steelers. Now, three jeers for these two teams, Chargers and Vikings. Alleged Super Bowl contenders. I never thought the Vikings would, but the Chargers I did think could. Both 0-2. Chargers lost home to the Dolphins. Bad loss. On the road to the Titans. Bad loss. Okay. Vikings lost home to the Bucks. Bad loss. At the Eagles, not really a bad loss at all. Four fumbles, though. I'm going Vikings at home. Uh, don't love it. It's a one o'clock game. So 12 central, 10 West coast for the chargers. Um, partial home team. I don't, I really don't see either team starting 0 and three. So I could see a tie, but I'm going, uh, I'm going chargers. Excuse me. Vikings, Vikings, Vikings. Mr. Lewis has the chargers. Okay. And I like the Chargers. I think they got a great roster, but again, chargers going to charger. Chargering is a thing. And Staley's not a very good coach. I don't really like Colin Coward. He said it best. NFL needs an offensive coach. Offensive coach. Period. Uh, I forgot to sense Mr. Lewis, but uh, Titans, Browns. I'm going to go Titans because why not? I mean, I don't really care that much. Browns, I can see winning, but give me the Titans. I'll stick with my angry pick on that. Pats, Jets. I have Pats. Jets look god-awful. Again, Cowboys defense is really good. Jets look terrible. Patriots defense is good. They'll shut them down as well, and they own the Jets. Give me the Pats. Uh, I don't really know what the Jets are going to do. They really can't bring in a quarterback because, A, who's available? Wentz, free for a reason. Matt Ryan, free for a reason. And how are you going to get them up to speed in, in three in enough time where they still have a chance by the time they're ready to go? The only guy I think would make a difference, of course, is Tom Brady. And I want to see that. That'd be awesome. Brady playing for the Jets. You imagine Brady saving the season from Aaron Rodgers, who gets hurt and leading the Jets to the playoffs or even a Super Bowl or, God forbid, a Super Bowl title? I don't think that would happen. But obviously, it'd make them a lot better. I don't think he'll do it because he's old and their O-line is terrible. He knows he's going to take a beating. But just, just the hype of that would be unreal. Anyway, though, Patriots over the Jets. Pats over the Jets. Uh, last one. Packers, Saints. Oh, sorry. Mr. Lewis has the Rams over the Bengals as well. Steelers over the Raiders. And I told you he has the Chargers. Packers, Saints here from Lambeau. Huge game. Saints 2-0. You know, I, I did bad in picks last week. I was the only one to pick the Panthers, and they lost. I thought they went at home. Saints didn't look that good against the Titans. But obviously played a lot better in week two. Both offenses were bad. Both offenses were bad. Excuse me if I mumbled there. Uh, I did correctly pick the Steelers, of course. Only one to do that. Shame on you guys picking the Browns. I don't know what y'all were thinking. The Browns are not going to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Period. So I'm glad I got that one at least. I'm going Packers at home, though. 
I think they'll win. They kind of let one get away last week. Saints aren't that good. Derek Carr is terrible. Come on. Saints, these really good. Low scoring game. Packers win at home. Uh, that's who I have. Mr. Lewis has Packers as well. So we're in a line, we're in agreement there. All right, send me your thoughts. Great show tonight. Miss Mr. Lewis. Uh, again, I think we I think we uh, have a pretty, pretty good show here. Good monologue with Mr. T. Like I said, the vaccine and stuff, I even two years ago, I wasn't that fired up. I thought the mandates were stupid. I thought it was an overreach. I thought the, the effects of the vaccine are very exaggerated for most people. But again, it can be true that they're exaggerated and some people still need it. Or exaggerated and you can still take it if you're young. Whatever. It, there are effects. I think they, they shielded the effects, which is unfortunate and obviously hurts trust now. But again, it's all about weighing the risk. And really, who cares? Like, if someone that care about didn't take it and should, I'd be like, you probably should. But ultimately, what am I going to do? Again, don't wear something like that as your identity. Do I wear anti-mask as my identity? Maybe. And I do hate freaking masks. I guess if you hate vaccines, that much more power to you. But at least vaccines have a history of doing something. And they've done something with COVID, unlike masks. But I digress. Hopefully, all stakeholders approve of this show. If not, you know what? I can't please them all. And we didn't lose any listeners yet. Hopefully, we didn't this week either. But God's blessings on a great week. Go Bucks, Go boys. Huge week in college football. Don't leave the couch. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye.